Hey there, book gang. This is Amy Allen Clark from momadvice.com. If this is your first time checking out my show, I just want to say welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. This weekly podcast is dedicated to the literary tastemakers of the world. These themed episodes are filled with book recommendations focusing on debuts, under-the-radar book choices, and ideas for expanding your stack with backlist book selections. This week, we have a very exciting guest. We have Chip, whose Instagram handle is Books Over Bros, B-R-O-S, just like it sounds. And I am really pumped because I have been a great admirer of his photography, and it was so interesting to get to hear about his process for creation on Bookstagram. I know a lot of us are intimidated by maybe the limitations of our own small spaces. Maybe we don't have that coveted library ladder and huge bookshelves that we adore, but that does not mean that you do not have to be an incredible content creator and inspiring other people with your book stacks. And what I love hearing particularly about today's interview is that Chip lives in a two-bedroom LA apartment and he manages to make every photo feel beautiful. And we are going to be talking about that process and his Steams and Screams book club that he runs with his partner, Joanna. So I can't wait to talk about that, as well as the Steams and Screams he recommends for our own book stack. We are also launching a brand new feature today. It is called The Real Bookworm Challenge. Now, I've been thinking and brainstorming about ways that I could incorporate more books into your stack without overwhelming you with long conversation. And so after the show in our Patreon channel, you will be able to find our guests joining me in a real bookworm challenge. And there's different levels of it. For someone who's on Bookstagram, I definitely made it a little tough. It's about five minutes of questions, asking about some of their favorite reads, where they love to read, what kind of format they're reading on, all of those fun little tidbits about their reading life. And I guarantee that you're going to walk away with a new author, a new book for your book stack, and get to hear a little bit about childhood inspirations and things like that. So I'm excited about this. Chip was so nice to be the guinea pig to test this feature out. And it really gave me a lot to think about for future guests about what kinds of questions I want to ask them. So in case you didn't know, and I know this is part of the show where you probably want to skim over, but I just want to say thank you to Patreon supporters in particular because you guys make this possible. I don't get to do this unless I have financial support. And your $5 a month really makes a difference for me, and it makes a difference for my family. So I just want to say thank you to those of you that have already subscribed. And if you haven't, I just really encourage you, not only for these bookworm challenges, which are going to be super, super fun and a fast way to absorb content. So if you can't actually sit through an entire show one week, you still walk away with a lot every week. But you will also find within that community digital downloads, ad-free 
book reviews. There is also lots of bonus content that is just designed for our book club members. So each month you will get an author interview. You get a 15% off coupon code to Fables Books in Goshen, Indiana, which is our independent bookstore who is helping us offer you the Mom Advice Book Club selections for this year at a 15% savings. If you are interested at all in being a part of my community, you can find my space over on patreon.com backslash mom advice. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash mom advice. Now let's get chatting. Booking, I am so excited because today we have Chip from Books Over Bros, which you can find him on Instagram. If that is not the catchiest Instagram handle, I don't know what is. Chip is someone that I have admired his feed. It's just beautiful. I know a lot of us are trying to get the hang of things. And what I've heard from many of you is Bookstagram is like a whole community that a lot of us didn't even know existed or that we needed in our life. I want to introduce you to Chip because I think he is a great example of someone who is doing some really great creative work with his Bookstagram account. And I think that we all should follow him. So today we are going to be talking a little bit about his process for editing photos, as well as his very cool book club that he hosts called Steam and Scream. They are doing, obviously, some romance and some thrillers, and we are getting a great stack of books from Chip today. So Chip, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself, what your background is, and how you started on Bookstagram, because this is a whole new thing for a lot of us. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things I think a lot of people discovered at the same time. Like I was looking this week specifically. So my one year Bookstagram anniversary was last week. And I, I found like seven or 10 accounts that all kind of started on the same day. I, I'm a former Air Force photojournalist. I spent almost eight years in the Air Force. And that's where I met my husband, actually. We, we, we served together and got to travel the world and see a bunch of really cool and scary and interesting things and meet some amazing people. So photography has always just been a passion of mine. Growing up, reading was kind of my escape and my like favorite hobby and the thing that I just held most dear in this world. When I discovered that there was a place where you could take pretty pictures and talk about the books that you love and people would actually be receptive to that, my mind was blown. So yeah, I joined Bookstagram December of last year and it has been the craziest, most fun and exciting experience of my life. Truly, like I've met some of my favorite people in the world on Instagram. And I know it's totally opposite of what they tell you. Don't meet friends on the internet, but I'm closer with some of these people that I've never met in person than I than I am with childhood friends. So it's incredible. I love like the book community is such a warm and lovely place to be a part of. And I feel like too, I actually hosted a reading retreat for our book club a couple of years ago prior to the pandemic. But my husband was kind of like, what? What is going on? You're going to get together all these people and they're going to come together and want to like talk about books for a whole weekend. Like who's going to go into that? It ended up being better than a lot of my personal girlfriend trips because when you can bond over books, it's like a totally different experience. It starts a relationship so beautifully. I mean, there's nothing better than sharing a love for reading 
than that, really, truly. Yeah. And it's one of those things that like, there's something for everyone, you know, and even if you don't, even if the the group of book friends that you you find yourself in and people come from all different backgrounds and different beliefs and different upbringings, but like, there's something so universal about books that even if you don't agree on loving this book or whatever, you can understand that like, this is someone's work. And this is something that someone made from their mind or, or, you know, strung together this story. And it's, it, there's a sense of community in it. I love it so much. I love it too. And I also want to say the bookstagram world has been open to me as I started doing this podcast and I'm looking for people that are seasoned readers. And obviously bookstagram is where it's at. If you want to find a book suggestion, it is the best thing to follow. But I know that for me personally, trying to take photos of my books and be creative about it in a way that builds a following is a little intimidating. And I know that you have a photojournalism background, and so you are obviously gifted in photography. So you you have a little bit of an edge over a lot of us. So do you have any suggestions for brand new people that are, want to take pictures of their books or document their reading journey? If there's any like apps or suggestions you would have for getting started in this type of community? You know, for me personally, photography is just something that I, I enjoy. It's something that is like a, it's a puzzle to me where, when you can see an idea and see a moment in time and like, I want to capture that. So I think that's what's always dr- drawn me to it. But when it comes to taking photos of books, when the pandemic happened, my husband and I actually moved from a home in Texas to an apartment in downtown Los Angeles. And so my options for backgrounds are are now very limited. So I feel like all of my photos look very repetitive and I get very annoyed with myself. It's like, okay, how many times can I take a picture of a book cover on this couch with the same throw pillow or blanket or whatever. But for me, I use the mobile Lightroom app. So I I shoot on my phone. I do have a very expensive military issued digital camera that is amazing for, you know, photos, but I truly prefer shooting on my iPhone. And then I just, I've developed my own filter based on the, the vibe and the aesthetic that I am drawn to, which is the more cooler tones. And so I literally will just snap a photo, upload it into the Lightroom mobile app and press, I think I called it chips matte filter, slap that baby on there. And it's usually good to go. I I may tweak, tweak it here and there. But, you know, for me, it's just what I find most impressive with these photos that I've seen on Bookstagram is just people's creativity is limitless. The, the creations that they make out of book, there's so many accounts that like will take hundreds of books and make these patterns or, or shapes with them. And like, one, I don't know where they have the space or the time or the patience to take all those books down and then put them all back. That's crazy. That's you guys are rock stars. But I think the only advice I would have is just just have fun, you know, like see what your eye is drawn to when you're scrolling Instagram and see, look for inspiration and save those photos and just try to recreate it and then make it your own. You know, I I don't think there's one way to do a, a pretty photo there. That's what's great about photography is that you can put something out there and someone may think it's the most beautiful photo in the world and it may not agree with someone else, but it's just, that's you being creative. Yeah. I love that you bring this up. One thing that you just said that I think is really important and something that I've encountered too in my business is that I feel like when you have a small home 
or you have small spaces, or you don't have like a lot of storage, for example, for books, that you can feel like, oh, my space isn't worthy enough of documenting in these photos. And I know, especially when I was doing a lot of DIY and home stuff, that you get really in your own head about, well, it's, it is, feels a little repetitive or you don't have the space for it. And I don't necessarily personally, this is just me. I think it's admirable when people make these amazing, you know, masterpieces out of books and things like that, but it's not realistic to me in, in that sense. And so I gravitate more towards accounts like yours, but I think that sometimes we think, oh, my space isn't worthy of being photographed or my home is too small, or I don't have giant bookshelves with a library ladder and things like that, that I see online that I wish I had, but I don't actually have. And I think what you're saying about maybe a little bit of repetitiveness, but also this is me on the couch with a brand new book with a throw pillow and you are still making it aesthetically pleasing. And I think you should sell chips, matte filter. Personally, I would buy it if we all could have the same aesthetic. And I think that's really good for people to hear that it doesn't have to be so grand. And, and, you know, I was actually having this conversation with a dear friend today about the pressure that Bookstagram unnecessarily puts on some people and how they maybe feel like it stops becoming about the book reviews and about the books that we're reading and more about how we're presenting them and how much you know engagement we're getting on those posts. And don't get me wrong, I, I love sharing my content and I do a lot of challenges and I do a lot of giveaways and I do a lot of things other than book reviews. But at the end of the day, I, what makes me so sad is when people feel burnt out by something that's supposed to be so stress relieving and so like such a safe space for everyone. Having that in the back of your mind, at the end of the day, Bookstagram is about books. It's about your review and how this book made you feel. And it's about connecting with other people who may share similar ideologies and interests with these books. And it's not about how you make the the photo. Like if you scroll your Instagram timeline, you could see a photo that's literally just a snapshot of the cover of the book. And it's got thousands of likes because it's not about what the image is. It's about kind of what you're saying about the book, you know? So that's, I think the the beautiful part of Bookstagram that people often forget is that it's not about the beauty of the photo. It's about the beauty of your words. If we can shift that mindset, people will maybe feel less stressed about the spaces that they're taking the photos in. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, this is supposed to be a creative outlet. It's supposed to be about your love and expression for your books and your reading. And if things are getting too overwhelming, I mean, social media in general makes me feel like that a lot. And I have to take breaks at times. That same pressure is within the book community too. It's it's the idea of how many books can I read? How much content can I create? How many reels can I do? Which most of us that do photos don't necessarily want to be clowns for Instagram, but that's what's happened lately. And, and you have to play the game if you want your pictures to show. But I, it's just very interesting to see the space evolve and it shouldn't be so you know overwhelming but that's where it is and that's why I appreciate your account is that it is more of an approachable sense of photography and that I think if you take a peek at Chip's styling you'll see that it is you know for example you posted a book with your mail because it had mail on the cover and so like there were like hints of details within that story but you weren't necessarily buying a whole bunch of stuff to create this picture. I mean, that is your mail. And so I just love that you are 
making me think about props in a different kind of way. That's what's been fun about Bookscrim is like, I live in a two bedroom apartment. I don't have a lot of storage. I can't go out and buy a lot of things because one, I don't have the space for it. And I'm pretty sure my husband is sick of me buying more books and book accessories. And we've made a pact that no more. That's when I said it's a puzzle, right? So I like taking things from my kitchen, from my dining room, or my dining room, I don't even have one of those, from my bedroom and mixing, matching them and trying to make these little vignettes and these moments that kind of relate to what's going on. Or even if it doesn't, it's pretty to me and I like it. You know, at the end of the day, all of my photos that I'm taking are for me. I It's fun for me. I, I like it. It's it's what makes me happy. And so if other people like it, that's just an added bonus. If you're trying to please someone else, you're doing Bookstagram wrong. Just just do it for you. Make your, your post a reflection of what makes you happy and brings you joy. And the, the likes and the engagement and the followers will, will flow after that, in my opinion. So speaking of likes and engagement and flow and all of that, I have to bring up the fact that someone liked one of your photos so much that they used it as a book cover. And I <laughs> want to talk about that because that is pretty awesome. And I want to hear what that experience was like for you. Like, how did this author even approach this? And what is transpiring when you have a photo going onto a book cover? Yeah, so you're referring to the book Ache by Marley Valentine, who she's an Australian author and become one of my favorite people in the entire world. I'm obsessed with her. She's truly one of my best friends now. Marley reached out to me before Bookstagram even was a thing for me. That photo, it's a photo that my husband and I actually took in 2015 on a timer on a tripod in our bedroom with like a makeshift sheet backdrop and it's just us, us embracing we were super young and like just falling in love i posted it randomly and i tagged i think i tagged a same-sex couples like instagram account that like amplifies content of gay couples and it got shared and it got shared a bunch of times and she just slid into my dms last november and she was like hey i know this is random i love this photo would you be interested in talking about me purchasing it for my for the cover of my book and so it just started this dialogue and you know i immediately went and bought some of her books and fell in love with her writing and knew that like it was just a perfect fit i probably would have done it anyways but it just meant so much to me that she marley is the first time really reading a gay man in a book where i felt like this is us this is this is what my normal feels like you know it was just such a a beautiful experience i go to her on happy days, on sad days, and she's just become a dear friend. She included us in the process the entire time. We got to see, you know, the stages of the cover kind of being developed, and she wanted our input on a lot of things, and it was just so nice to be included that way and to be involved in the real the reveal and doing some giveaways with her. She actually just sent me a stack of special editions. She's actually sent me this massive care package. I'm going to post a picture about it next week but of all these australian treats and like sweets and goodies and these matching pajama sets for my husband and i that are um 
that had the Vegemite logo all over them. A stack of signed special edition books. I'm going to be doing a giveaway soon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just love this. I love that you felt represented yeah. in this, that the stories resonated with you. It would be really hard to like see your cover and it not be a writer that you were really resonating with. So I love hearing about this process. And obviously, when it comes to steam and scream, this is your thing. And I want to talk to you because I know a lot of our listeners are part of the Mom Advice Book Club, but I was in search of other book club options for our listeners. And you run one called Steam and Scream. And I found your shirts. Chip also does shirts through Bonfire like we do for Mom Advice. And if you are a Steam and Scream reader, I feel like everyone should buy this. So we will definitely link to his Bonfire shop because it's really beautifully designed. But I'd love to hear how you got started running a book club. What have you learned about this process of leading so many readers? Yeah, it was kind of on a whim that I, one, felt confident enough in my book recommendations to do this. But I, I found myself involved in several book clubs that I wasn't necessarily relating to the books that they were choosing. All great books, all great clubs, but it just it felt very clicky and not geared for everyone. My entire thing since starting Bookstagram, I, I love, if you give me steam and you give me scream, that's, I'm a happy boy. I just, I knew that I wanted to highlight romance and thrillers and do it together, you know? And if I was going to do it, I wanted to give our, our readers the option to either read one or the other or both. And again, it's a no pressure book club. We all have adult lives. We all have relationships and things going on. And if if you don't get to it, you don't get to it. And if you don't join in on the Zoom calls, you don't. I, I reached out to, I think it was at the beginning, like 15 people from across across the globe that I felt represented steam and scream. And people who loved romance, people who came from different backgrounds, people who loved thrillers, and just asked them like, hey, if I did this, would you be interested in being part of it, you know? I, I was thinking of signature cocktails and Zoom calls and ways to get the authors involved. I just wanted it to be fun and no pressure and just let's talk about the books and let's like sweat over these book boyfriends and book girlfriends that we love and just have fun with it, you know? And I reiterated over and over again, this is a no pressure book club. I want you guys to have fun. And if you aren't having fun, like I, I love you, bye. And so, yeah, I, I launched it. People really wanted to be involved. And I had to slowly figure out a way to manage it all while working and while trying to choose funny, funny, engaging books and creepy books and different genres that maybe I wouldn't necessarily pick before. And then choose the cocktails and make the graphics and promote it and go live with the authors. And everything really changed when I was able to officially bring my partner, Joanna, at Books Jojo Reads. She's an icon and amazing. She became my full-time partner and having her has been a game changer. And we have, you know, been able to grow. We now have over, I think, 300 people globally. We've moved to Discord and it's a growing process for all of us, but we just have a lot of fun with it. And, and when I first kicked it off, all proceeds for the Steam and Scream merchandise were going to wounded, ill and injured service members because that's a cause that's just you know very dear to my heart. And we were able to raise over $2,000 for service members, which is amazing. And then this year, Joanna and I are, are talking about what's the next cause that 
the proceeds are going to go to. So we don't keep the profits from this merch. Uh, it definitely all goes back to some community and TBD on which one it is this year. I love that. I love when people use their platforms for social good. I am going to link to your shirts because personally, I'm actually going to buy one today, but I love the design of them. It just really resonates with me. The message about you know, doing good things for other people that you're doing with your money. One thing I'd love to ask you before we wrap up this portion and start talking about books is that you have made a very important announcement yesterday that I think people should know about. So do you want to tell us really briefly what you're working on right now? Sure. Very quietly over the last couple of months, I have been working on my own book. I announced yesterday that I have completed the, the first draft and it's nowhere near being done. It's no, there is no like publishing announcement or anything like that. I felt that the best part about Bookscrim is the community and is the accountability and like the support has been unlike anything I've ever experienced before. And so I knew that if I was going to do this, I wanted to do it in, in the most transparent of ways as possible. And so I, I, I made the goal that when I'm done in the new year, I will just let everyone know that I'm doing it. And the response yesterday was, I, I, I don't feel like it's real. Um, so yeah, I am knee deep in edits. My team steam were the same sex office romance. That's where I'm at. <laughs> Well, I'm personally excited. I am on Team Steam, so I'm I'm ready. I have mentioned in past podcasts, which I just want to bring up, is that I'm newer to the romance genre, and I am excited about your stacks. And I thought it would be fun for you to bring Steam and Scream to our book club. And so I am only contributing one book okay. per, per stack. And then I'm going to let you handle it because you have this strong background in picking all of these books. And I'm really excited about some of the books that you brought to the table today. So we are going to be talking about the steams and screams in our book stack. I am going to start with one that was published in April of 2017. And it's Castle of Water by Dane Hucklebridge. Have you read this one? I have Jen? not but I'm writing okay. it down right now. All right. So I'm really excited about this one. This ended up making my top 10 list in 2017. And I want to mention, because I think it's important to talk about formats. I did this one on audiobook, and this is about two very different people. There is a lady named Sophie and she is going on her honeymoon in French Polynesia it was intended to be like a celebration of life at that point. And she's the proud owner of an architecture firm that she's co-founded with her, her new husband. And she's really looking forward to this trip. And then we have Barry, who is also on the same trip. And he is doing this as kind of marking a new beginning for himself. He's turning away from Manhattan, his world in finance. He's decided to set his sights on fine art. He's looking for some creative inspiration. Their small plane is downed in the middle of the South Pacific, and they end up being the two sole survivors of this wreck. And they are left basically with only one goal, which is to survive. And they're stranded away from all civilization. It is definitely a castaway story. And I want to say that when I started it, I was like, it sounds very predictable. It doesn't sound very interesting. But he writes this story that is anything but predictable. And these two castaways have to work together to remain alive 
in spite of numerous hurdles that get thrown at them. The writing is actually surprisingly laugh out loud funny, but it gives you a really big ache in your heart when you're like seeing them get lost and stranded on this island. It requires a writer really to be working harder because they only have one setting for this story. So it's really relying on character development. And what I will say is that these two characters really lift off the pages and the audiobook narration has a beautiful accent for these characters that is just wonderful to listen to. And what I will say that is a slight disappointment is that the ending didn't necessarily like wrap up the way that I wanted. So it was a little bit bittersweet when I finished the book, but overall it's this really beautiful love story. And I think that everybody should check it out. So if you missed it in 2017, I'm bringing it back to the stack. It's Castle of Water by Dane Hucklebridge. That sounds amazing. I need that in my life immediately and preferably on audiobook, which I've never listened to an audiobook, by the way. So I'm going to do it now. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Well, I'm excited then because I think that you are going to fall in love with audiobooks. I think accents and like really vivid storytelling in particular. I remember sitting on my bed, just like sitting, looking at the wall, like listening and taking in the story. And I think that that is a real testament to someone's book being beautiful in that kind of format and wanting to just be still and listen instead of like doing a whole bunch of chores. And I just remember like crying and I it moved me so much that when I thought about what is a great love story, like a steamy, beautiful read and what's more steamy than being on a tropical beach than this one. So that's what I'm bringing to the stack. What do you have for us, Chip? So I'm going to start off with one of my favorite books of 2021, The Charm Offensive by Alison Cochran. It follows Dave and Charlie in the Bachelor-inspired reality television dating world where Charlie is the star of the show and Dave is his handler. Charlie is, you know, dating all of these beautiful and accomplished women and then behind the scenes, this touching and intimate and trusting relationship develops between Dave and Charlie. This was a team steam pick for um, one of our months. And it's a little bit different than the steam that we're used to. When you think of steamy romance reads, this was probably one of the most emotionally intimate books I've ever read. And it's a debut. This is Allison's first published book. And she is just a force to be reckoned with in the way that she writes LGBT characters and representation. And it's truly one of those books that I sat in awe of for months after reading it. I will recommend it until the day that I die, just because it's such an emotionally touching story. And really, I mean, the Bachelor franchise is so known. Everyone knows about the toxic, you know, nonsense that goes on behind the scenes. And this is just such an interesting take on a reality dating television show with questioning sexuality and very, very amazingly written characters. So this is definitely a must read for anyone who hasn't read it yet. I couldn't agree more. So I have read this one. It was a recommendation from Larry on our show when we asked him to bring five of his favorite reads. He was not allowed to bring it back. To, well, he wasn't not allowed, but I asked him to bring fresh books to our best books of the year. But I know that this made his list again. I was so encouraged by his you know, show that I was like, I'm going to pick it up for my Thanksgiving Day weekend. And I finished it in 24 hours. And what I will say about this that is important 
important to know is that sometimes we think that things aren't as layered with romance and it wasn't like that at all. I loved that Cochrane is also highlighting how we're emotionally manipulated by plot lines from The Bachelor. So you're getting kind of a, a taste of what they're trying to do, trying to manipulate characters to bring out certain things in them and how characters also sometimes are being manipulative within that you know scope of story. I just loved the fact that the lead is so, such a reluctant lead too. It's not someone who wants to necessarily have a lot of attention and is kind of forced in this role. And so I was just swept away. I had a big goofy grin on my face throughout a good portion of it. There's a lot of humor in it. I think this is a great one. Agreed. I, I could not stop smiling and it also made my anxiety spike so many times, but it was just, it was perfect. Yes. Well, the next two that you have, I actually haven't read. So these are going to be new to me. The Steam ones, what are the correct? Other two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah for so, Steam. So my next Steam one is called Without You by Marley Valentine, who I've already talked about is just this beautiful, beautiful soul. It was my first introduction to her writing when we had discussed, you know, using my photo for her, her next book. And it follows Deacon and Julian. And it's just this beautifully and heartbreakingly written story about, you know, the loss of a loved one and kind of finding solace in in someone new. And, you know, they both have that shared pain and the steam is astronomical. And it's like, don't read this in public. But, you know, for me, I, I, I mentioned earlier that these two young men were the first real time that I felt a a realistic representation of what I experience in my life and in, in my love life. You know, you cannot go wrong with Marley's writing. She just really has a way with words that makes you gutted emotionally, but then also so like passionately swept up in this love story. I, it's it's one that I recommend to anyone looking to expand their queer reads and their, you know, representation. It's great for Pride Month. And it's it's one of those that I just think everyone should read because it's not just a, a steamy read. There's so much heart to it. There's so much pain and so much childhood trauma and so much loss. And seeing two people who are very strong on their own come together to form this foundation and this trust in one another is really beautiful. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm adding Without You by Marley Valentine to my list. And I'm so glad that you brought this author to our attention because I have actually not heard of Marley Valentine. And now I have a new author to follow. So I'm excited. She's incredible. You know, she writes a a wide array of, of different types of stories. And I just... I will be a Marley Valentine fan for the rest of my life, truly. So excited. Um, now you have one more for yes. us, for Steve. So this is this was my top book of the year. Top of 2021. Top of maybe my life. This is this is probably my favorite book of all time. The Spanish Love Deception by Elena Armas. She has a beautifully curated bookstagram account called The the Bibliotech. He is actually the first author who reached out to me for reviewing an arc. So this is like my baby. I don't know why I feel so possessive of this. I had nothing to do with it. But anytime this book receives any sort of accolade, I just, it makes my heart so happy because it's truly one of the best books I've ever read, ever. And it was self-published, which makes me even happier. And she's now receiving recognition from publishers and her next book is, you know, getting a ton of buzz. So she is just, she deserves all the success in the world. But anyways, 
The Spanish Love Deception follows Aaron and Lena. It's a big fake romance, enemies to lovers, forced proximity, big Spanish wedding, a shared bed. Like there's so many amazing stereotypical tropes that just make this book shine. I will confidently say that there is, you heard it here first, people, there is no better book boyfriend than Aaron Blackford. He is the book boyfriend of all book boyfriends. And I will die on that hill. End of story, period. He's the best. Okay, I'm getting so many like proud dad feelings from you, which is (laughs) how I feel about books that I find. And then like people are like, oh, I really love it. And I'm like, I feel like a proud mom right Mm -hmm. now. Anytime I can like influence someone. So I have seen The Spanish Love Deception on your feed. And I know that you really, really loved it. And so I'm trying not to be really distracting and start like going into my Goodreads account and like reserving things on, on, you know, Amazon and like all of that. So I do plan to right after we hop off this to get it. And I'm really glad that you brought it because it has not been on our show yet. It sounds like exactly what I need right now after the holidays. It's, it'll put a... Like we talked about grins on our face, like it'll make you laugh out loud, smile. I, it's a thick book. It's one of the longer books that I've, I've read since joining Bookstagram. And I sat and I read it in one, I did not stop reading it. I read it in one straight shot. And the Spanish culture is just so beautiful and amazing. And so to have this big Spanish family that get introduced into the story, it's just, it's incredible. And the steam is like next level. And takes your breath away and like, what did I just read? Put it on your Amazon wish list and I will buy it for you as soon as we hang up because that's how my, I buy everyone this book. I've I've bought more copies of this book than I know what to do with, but it's, it's truly the book that I will recommend forever. Now, this just is a testament to Chip because he's offering to buy me books when he comes and spends an afternoon on my show. And I just want to say thank you, Chip. Yeah, but I got we will you. make you buy us a book. I will buy it. <laughs> I will support this author. And I just appreciate that you brought this to the staff because I am always looking for new romance, especially since that's more of a new genre. Now, thriller, I've been like an experienced thriller reader. So I feel like... It's really hard for me to remember plot lines of thrillers because I read so much of them. I know a lot of people call them popcorn thrillers. I love that. I love those kinds of escapes. And so when we're talking about thrillers, I was like, what is one that I'm still thinking about? And this is the book that I want to bring. Well, it was published in 2015. It is The Bullet by Marie Louise Kelly. Now she, in her own personal life, she was a NPR correspondent. So I think her background is super key in how she wrote this story. So this is a very fast page turner. And it is about a woman named Caroline. She is a professor of French literature at Georgetown University. She goes in for a MRI. And when she goes in, they find something very interesting. So they tell her that she actually has a bullet lodged near the base of her school. And it makes no sense because she's never been shot. There are no entry wounds. There are no scars. She confronts her parents about it. And initially her parents are like, "Mm, we don't really know anything about that. But then over the course of one evening, she learns that she was adopted when she was three years old and her real parents were murdered in cold blood. So Carolyn was there the night of the attack. She was hit by a single gunshot to the neck 
And it's buried so deeply and connected into like nerves and blood vessels that they were able to surgically remove it, which is why it is still lodged there. This basically happened 34 years ago. So now fast forward, Carolyn is returning to her hometown to learn about what happened to her parents and why they died. She ends up talking to a cop who worked on the case and the cop reveals that this has been a cold case. Nothing ever actually was solved. The killer is still at large. Carolyn is in very grave danger because the bullet in her neck could identify the murderer. And he basically will do anything to make sure that she doesn't actually come forward with this information because obviously he's going to go to jail. So what is even more astounding is that I interviewed the author and this is slightly based on a true story. So apparently she was sitting at her son's baseball game one afternoon. Another mom pops down next to her. She starts sighing and she says, well, I've had a heck of a week. And long story short, she had a routine scan that revealed a bullet in her neck that she had never known about. And there was no scar. And she swore she never had been shot. So she drove home afterwards and was like, how is that possible? I'm a reporter by training. So she dug into medical literature and looked for examples of people who have survived gunshots to their neck or head. And then just the novelist in her took over. She started imagining all kinds of wild scenarios. And basically what happened was that she wrote 349 pages of pure fiction focused on this quest to find out how on earth a bullet could be there and no one would know about it. And so I am bringing this to the stack. I feel like nobody's talking about this book. I want to resurrect it from the archives. It is The Bullet by Mary Louise Kelly. I instantly need that in my life right now. Like I, wow, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Well, I I just, I think about it. I still think about this interview that I did with this author. It was such a unique storyline. And the fact that it's rooted in something that truly happened just really stuck in my head. And so when we were talking about what are some screen reads, I was like, I was literally screaming out loud. I cannot believe that this would happen and that it really did happen. And I did the same thing again when I interviewed her and realized, oh, this is actually based on something factual that she actually did a lot of research on. Her job as an NPR correspondent really pulled through and I really loved it. That sounds So now we will talk about your screen reads and I have read two of these. So I want to start with, because it's one that I haven't talked about on our main show. We did talk about it in our Patreon. I actually did an entire episode just about this one because it was so screamy, was Bathhouse by PJ Vernon. Yes. What do you want to say about this one? So first of all, PJ is phenomenal. Um, We have a shared love of aliens and he was in the army. And so we have this military fun background. Bathhouse is truly one of those books that I... I think I put in my Instagram caption that it literally grabs you by the neck and like shocks you in a way that I did not see coming. It is a gay thriller, which I feel like is very rare in mainstream publishing. It's one of those books that you, especially as a gay man reading it, like, wow, he is in a mess of a situation right now. You know, it follows Oliver, who's a recovering addict, as he kind of is exploring this dark, seedy world of a bathhouse. And his path crosses with someone very sinister. And, you know, there's a there's everything that Oliver's got going on with this new stranger that he's met in this bathhouse. And then what his husband is doing, who's a doctor on like, it's, you know, it shows these two time or not timelines, these two storylines of these two gay men. And it's, 
it is insane until the very last page. And it's definitely one that I think everyone needs to read because there's nothing like it published to my knowledge. It's, it's truly one of a kind. I would completely agree. I would say three words to this without elaborating beyond it. Plot, twist, whiplash. Yes. Especially at the end. I think that he did a really good job with like creating so much like tension and had me guessing like as like, you know, I, I go back to Scooby-Doo, like, who did it? Who's the real killer? And like, they, there's so many like little side characters that are so well developed in this. And sometimes with thrillers, the side characters are kind of cast off. But I feel like I remember all of the side characters too, because it's so well written. And I absolutely loved it. It is definitely, it's very graphic. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that for readers that are highly sensitive. I would not recommend this one because it is really, really graphic. And it goes into some places that kind of surprised me even as like someone who is usually unbothered by that kind of thing. So I do want to say that ahead of time. I know that I brought to our best books was we are watching Eliza Bright and it reminded me a lot of that. So if for some reason you really, really connected with that one and you like those darker thrillers, I would recommend that bathhouse be added to your stack too. Definitely. All right. So In My Dreams, I Hold a Knife by Ashley Winstead is such a solid thriller. And I was so excited to see that you were bringing this one to the stack too. Yes, this is, again, one of my favorite books that I read this year. You know, it follows Jessica Miller coming to her 10-year college reunion, hoping to like make this impressive re-emergence into her social circle and really show her friends that she's accomplished and she's somebody. And then, you know, there's this huge twist that while there, someone decides to make them all pay for sins of the past. And it is truly like dark academia. And I I did a live with Ashley and she's just phenomenal. She's become someone that I just admire so much. And we, okay, this is even better. We related it to Taylor Swift albums. This book is the reputation of Taylor Swift's catalog because it is just dark and twisted kind of, and it has this I don't give a F attitude and it is so, so, so good. There are definitely some like trigger warnings in there as well. But this one kept me guessing until the very last chapter. And I still cannot get over the ending because it was like masterfully done. I had to go back and look at my review of this one. And I am surprised that Grammarly did not flag it that I kept saying tightly woven, tightly woven, tightly woven. But I think that with this one, it's very unusual to find a thriller from start to finish that there are no wasted pages, that every paragraph is very concise. It goes into places that are you know, believable, but surprising that you don't have like that one. There's always like a little passage where you're like, these 30 pages could have been cut or, you know, this isn't necessary to the plot. And I felt like it was just so, so solid. And again, you know, Grammarly should have like flagged me for the tightly woven thing, but it really was just one of the best thrillers this year. I didn't bring it to my top 20, but it made my honorable mention list. And it was only because I read way too much this year uh, that I didn't bring it. But it was really, really up there. And it was very, very difficult to not add that to my list. And just for future reference, for any time you reference Ashley in books and in captions, she's she's doing a great rom-com called Fool Me Once. But she's also got a psychological thriller about cults coming up. So she is now the hashtag cult queen. So make sure that we reference her as that from now on. 
Hold up. My heart, like, I'm like, I am in as soon as you say the word cult. Yes. I, uh, I, I love to read books like that. So I, I can't wait. Like, I, I'm already like, I, I've already like, I'm gonna have to pre order it. Yeah. Like, as soon as it, I'm, it's available. That That's ni- amazing. That nickname was established during our lives. So she is now cult queen for the Steam and Scream book club forever. Forever. All right. <laughs> We're, we're all caught up a little bit yes. here uh, in the bookstagram world. Now you have one more book yes. that you want to end with. And this one I actually haven't read. But as soon as I read the description, I I ordered it already. So oh, you're even awesome. before you described it, just because you brought it to the table, I'm like, this sounds really, really good. And so like the Spanish Love Deception, this is another self-published book. Kristen Mulligan, she's a bookstagrammer. Um, her account is Read It and Sleep. She is... Truly someone who came out of left field for me this year. She sent it to me right at the end of August. And, you know, she was like, hey, I'm a bookstagrammer. I wrote this book. I think you'd like it because of the, you know, your book club, this team and screen book club. It kind of meets both of those categories. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. Like, I'll read it. Again, this one is thick. It's 480 pages. And I sat and I read that in one sitting. When I tell you that I had to sit down on the living room floor, completely stunned and obliterated by what I had just read, like, I'm not going to say too much about this one because, like, I just need you to trust me. And anyone who's listening, please just trust me and read this book. If you like thrillers and if you like steamy thrillers, you need to read this and subject yourself to the emotional and mental whiplash that you will have and the OMG WTF moment that is more intense and harsher than anything I've ever experienced. Oh my gosh. So my Kindle has had to remain in airplane mode because I borrowed a whole bunch of stuff from the library. And so it is in my queue right now. And I feel like I need to just like let my library books go, just let it go. And put it back online so I can grab this copy. But I'm really glad that you didn't tell us too much. And I also want to say thank you for bringing self-published authors because I think it's really nice when we can highlight books that are not getting as much attention or that come through different avenues. And so the fact that you brought two to the table is going to be great for a lot of people because, you know, shepherding in these books, it really requires people like you to be their dads and like be proud of them and talk about them so that we can get more eyes to those books. So I guarantee that you've probably sold the Spanish love deception and the acts of life today on the show. Well, what's cool is, you know, when I read this book, I immediately made it the September supplemental steam and scream book club pick because we already had the charm offensive and we had slow fires burning by Paula Hawkins. But I knew that I needed, my club needed to read this because it was the perfect balance of steam and scream. The first half is all steam. It's like some of the steamiest, most like, whoa, moments that you'll ever read. And then when it gets to that twist, it's a twist that no one saw coming when reading it. No, Not a single person could predict this ending and the way that this author tightly wove this scream aspect of this, it was uh, outstanding. So I highly recommend it. It's it's about twins, 
set in you know California, and she the author is actually a twin, so she's got this like twin Anakin sense of herself, and she's just an amazing, amazing person. And any way that I can support her, I will. And I bully her every day to start writing the sequel. So I'm praying that that comes in 2022. Well, Chip, it has been such an honor to have you on the show. I want to remind people as we close this out that his Instagram handle is books over bros. And he also has a steam and screen book club that will be linked in our show notes today. And Chip is so awesome that he is going to help me introduce you to a new bonus section of our podcast called the real bookworm challenge that we are going to be unveiling on Patreon. And you are not going to want to miss this because basically we are going to get more acquainted with Chip and his reading life in this section on the bonus show. Again, it's $5 a month. It's about the cost of a fancy coffee. If you want to join and follow Chip's reading life in our real bookworm challenge, be sure to join patreon.com backslash mom advice. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash mom advice. Thank you, Chip, for being a part of our show. Thank you so much. This was so much fun.